This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of The Joy Challenge. Discover the ancient secret to experiencing worry-defeating, circumstance-defying happiness. Written by pastor and best-selling author Randy Frazee and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. Welcome back to the Transforming Discipleship Podcast brought to you by smallgroups.com. It's a podcast designed for church leaders who are actively seeking to make disciples for Jesus Christ in the world. I'm your host. My name is Oliver Hersey. And today we're joined again by my friend, Jeff Klein. Jeff, are you doing well today? Doing well. Doing yeah. well, yeah. Your family's yeah. good? Family's good. You know, I'm empty yeah. nester now, so. I know. It's kind of boring at the house, just me and my wife. And you got a wedding coming up. That's right. Not you getting Not married. Not me. But- my but, daughter. Uh, and you're not marrying, are you Are you doing the wedding? Are you going to fish? I am it? doing the wedding, yeah. That's kind of yeah, I'll cool. be doing the wedding, so I have to walk her down the aisle and then, you know, switch roles, become the pastor. That's a lot of switching hats. Yeah, I think we're going to have someone else. Actually, Luke's got a grandfather who's willing to kind of open the ceremony. Okay. So I'll have him open it, I'll walk her wow. down the aisle, then I'll switch over. Lots of moving pieces. Exactly. It'll be fun. It'll you're be looking fun. forward to it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. like your life. Your life's all about moving That's pieces. That's right, yeah. <laughs> Didn't you used to have me uh, uh, living on a prayer on your phone, right? That was yeah. my <laughs> ringtone. My ring. <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot that. Yeah. 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 When I call I you, living on a prayer. Yep, yeah. Yep. That was it. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm so glad you brought that memory yeah, back for me. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Jeff. <laughs> so, Jeff, not everybody knows you, but you are a pastor of outreach and evangelism. Am I getting your title right? Yeah, that's correct. And ever since I've known you, you know, for the last 15 years or so, you've always been passionate about mission. Mm-hmm. You know, you did a church plant that I was blessed to be a part of and be able to have that experience in. You, even at that point, were passionate about mission. And I think mission is something that is so vital and crucial for the discipleship process Mm -hmm. that we must learn it. We must understand it. And I think a lot of us, including myself, pastors out there, ministry leaders, men, women, and parachurch organizations or churches, we can sometimes struggle to understand mission and understand its value and, and its importance. So what would you say, Jeff, how would you describe its importance for the discipleship process? I think of a triangle for discipleship, upward towards God, inward towards community and each other, and then outward to the world. Most churches, if we drew those in circles, it would be a big circle for the upward, a big circle for the inward, and the outward would be this tiny little circle. Yeah, because we're so good at like right doing church, reading our Bible, singing exactly. songs, and so yep. that circle's real big, right? We are intimate, we're upwards with God, and then we're very good at Bible studies, and I'll sign up for the next Bible study in the next small group. Yeah, and discipleship is sitting in a circle yeah. with Bibles in our laps and really having a deep conversation. All these other Christians, right? Yep, and talking mm-hmm. about the Greek and whatever insights we have and trying to share yeah. it, which is, again, which is important. don't want to make fun of that. That's totally important. Vital, yep. But Jesus sent his disciples out two by two multiple times. He yeah. sent his disciples into places on the mission of God that were crucial, and that really developed them in a whole new way. So I feel like... If you really want to develop people, like I, I, I was kind of using sometimes, like sometimes we have a bunch of Christians who are super overweight or fat in their discipleship. Metaphorically speaking, right? Yeah. We've taken all this information in, but we never exercise. We yeah. never get out and do anything with it. So the mission of God is like, I think for me, the reason the church exists, it's the reason Jesus wants disciples to carry on the mission that he left. When he left the earth, he left. He said, the way I've been, and the way I've been sent, John 20, 21, I'm sending you the same way. Yeah. So if that's true, then if we're not actually exercising our mission muscles, it seems like we're sort of just only living part of the gospel, only living part of the following Jesus. I mean, how do you follow Jesus and not be on the mission of God? Yeah. 
And that, that raises another question for us that I'm thinking about as you're talking. It's so helpful to use that analogy, right? We are really good at consuming. Totally. And, and we get spiritually fat and, and we become very much complacent and we're not exercising. We're not putting things to use. And the mission component is the exercising component. How would you define the mission of Jesus? What, if you were to put it in some words right now yeah. for us, yeah. what is it? I would say that uh, Jesus was concerned about two groups of people, the lost and the least. So when I think about mission and I think about it healing the world. So rather than like getting people to pray a prayer or whatever, I think about it as healing the world. And when we heal the world, there's tons of places where the least of these exist. Jesus said, if you're not doing these things to the least of these, you're not doing them to me. And then there's a whole bunch of places where Jesus talks about lost people, right? Who have lost their way spiritually or other ways. And we get a chance to sort of show them the way home, right? So I look at the, the lost and the least. Whenever I talk to my church, I always talk about, hey guys, we want to be involved in two groups of people, the lost and the least, right? How do we get involved with both of those? That's the mission of Jesus going on in the world. And you had mentioned it earlier when Jesus sends out the two disciples, the disciples yeah. two by two, he tells them to do two things, proclaim the kingdom of heaven, yep. proclaim the kingdom of God to, yep. the, to the world, to the cities, and heal the sick. Exactly. And the word heal in Greek is therapeo, which is where we get the word therapy. Right. And this idea of doing therapeutic work, which is rehab and restoration and rewiring of the mind and the heart. Therapy yeah. is what we are all called to help people do, heal. And it means, in Greek, that word can mean to heal, to restore, to shape, to come alongside, to scaffold. Mm -hmm. And that's the ministry that we're all called to live into and embrace. Yeah, so I'm a big proponent of service. You know, there's a lot of Christians, I think, want to change the world, but no one's ever showed them how. Yeah. So like, basically they feel ill-equipped. And you know, when you study motivation or influence, most people are unmotivated to do things they don't feel good to, you know, equipped to do or, or like they are able to do. So if you ask a Christian, hey, go minister your neighbor. They're like, okay, well, how do I do that? I don't know, talk to them, get to know their name, you know, like, I mean, just, Very just simple, be a person. Right? It's hard to do that. It's hard to think through that. It's like, we think that there's some like higher sacredness to it all. And, and really, if, if we can just relax, take a deep breath, walk yeah. across the driveway. Exactly. Because a lot of people think that God has left them, right? They're stuck in difficult situations and they feel like the Lord is gone. He's left them. He doesn't care. He doesn't have any power to deal with their situation. Yet Jesus left his body, his hands and feet behind when he went back to sit on the right hand of God. And if we walk across the street and become the hands and feet of Jesus in someone's life and we demonstrate to them very actively that God does care, that he is powerful, that he is with them, right, through our lives. Wow. And then on top of that, when we do that, it may be scary for us, but it totally changes us. All of a sudden, I mean, I, I think parts of the Bible didn't even make sense to me until I became a youth pastor and suddenly I was in front of 15 kids and suddenly I was faced with, wait a minute, I'm responsible for these 15 kids? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Wow. Right. And all of a sudden, parts of the Bible that I never had opened up to me suddenly were open to me. Like, oh, I see what Paul means. We have this treasure in jars of clay. I see what Paul means that like he's weak and Jesus is strong. I mean, all of a sudden I was like, oh, I get this. It made sense. It's right? like all of a sudden things became crystal clear and you were sitting with students in their brokenness and their lostness. Exactly. And you do it today now with people and, and adults. And it's so crucial that we take time to see them yep. and to notice them and to put our hand on their shoulder and to, to let them know that we're next to them yeah. and to offer a prayer and to offer a listening ear and say, tell me how that is feeling right now. How's that going? How's yeah. that thing exactly. going? And then when we open our life up to listen in a posture of reception 
I think you can watch the transformation happen in a person. And I think that's what Jesus was about sitting with people, exactly sitting with them yep. and listening yep. and then speaking truth too. at the same time. Right. There's always the proclamation, right? Right. But it's, it counts if you notice someone and listen to them and just, you know, love them. That counts. So my role as an outreach pastor and evangelism pastor, I also do discipleship stuff. I'm trying to mobilize my people. I'm telling them it counts for discipleship if you're actually engaged in some way with people that you're trying to heal the world, whether that's your neighbor, whether that's something we're doing with church, you know, however it is, in some way, engage your gifts and your service and get going. Let me ask you this. So if we're talking right now, say someone's tuning into this and they're like, okay, this is great. Yeah, mission, we want to be on it. But man, I'm in a church right now of like 100 people or maybe there's 250 people and we really are not growing. In fact, we're kind of shrinking along with a lot of other churches in, in North America and and we're having trouble right now being missional and, and being relevant in culture. What's the game plan? Like, how do I kind of break that? I mean, there's a culture yeah. now you're breaking up. And also, you've you got to start implementing some things. And, and if I'm that ministry leader, that woman or that man that's in that position, what would you say to me? What do I got to do? Well, one thing I've learned is that if outreach doesn't come up every 30 days. So think about it. We worship every week. We do small groups every week. Outreach can literally go on for years and never come up. And that goes back to the circles, right? Exactly. So basically, you know, you, if we don't do worship, people will be screaming. If we don't do small groups, who's going to scream if we don't do outreach? Nobody. The world. They won't scream. They don't, they're not going to tell them. That's so, right. yeah. so literally, if every 30 days we don't bring outreach in front of people and say, hey, here's another opportunity to get going or train them in some way, it'll just go away. So somehow you've got to put in every 30-day kind of process in place where people are getting reminded this is the mission of God we're on. And then in that process, giving them simple skills they can do. Like I think noticing Jesus paid attention. Like he never went anywhere without noticing the people around him. He always saw, right? He yeah. always noticed. And then he always decided it's like he knew he had this like listening ear where the Lord would tell him to engage and then he would step up and engage with the person. Right. So I love the story like, you know, as Jesus was on the way, he, he saw a man born blind from birth. And he turned aside to look to him. He paid attention. Yeah, he paid attention, right? So that's like along the way. We're all along the way. We're all going places. What if we can teach our people that it's instead of addition, like more to do, it's just intention. Just be intentional. You're already going to your kid's soccer game. You're already going to work. You're already going to the grocery store. As you're going, make a disciple. As you're going, put these little simple skills in place, right? But that's going to require every 30 days something happening. So, so how do you do that? Well, I mean, you know, I mean, what's a practical <clears throat> way? I'm I'm in my church right now. Yeah, I wanna I wanna do that. I want every 30 days, like you just encouraged me to do. How do I do it? Well, you got to figure out what are your vehicles in your church. Like, so if you have small groups are your primary vehicle for discipleship, then in your small groups every 30 days, you got to give them something that focuses on this. So, like, I love to use, you know, there's bells, which is a different way to say bless, right? It's you know, it's things like listen and, and pay attention. You know, I, I like the nine arts of spiritual conversation, right? We used to use, you know, notice and pray behind people's backs and listen and ask questions and welcome them, right? So these little simple skills, even to teach people that those count. Like, you don't have to be like preaching the gospel in your street corner. You can just be doing these simple skills, right? But so somehow in the vehicles of my church, I have to introduce these things every 30 days. They have to come back. So, you know, like some people say, man, you can't preach in the same stuff all the time. Well, y yes, you can. Because until people start doing it, I want to just keep talking about it. So at our church now, we have a regular rhythm of this noticing or this listening or this these simple skills coming up. And then we drive them into our small groups. 
And then, you know, we were part of a church that we yeah. planted together. I was just about to bring that up. Right? Yeah. Like, you know, like every 30 days we went out and served. So yeah. every 30 days we had serve Sunday, which meant we didn't go to church. We, we didn't we go to the building. The we That's didn't right. go to the elementary school to worship right. that Sunday. Instead, right. we had church out on the lawns. Exactly. And very Raking real. leaves. Yep. Serving the homeless people, right? So every Caring thirty for days, the refugees and, and ministering yeah. to them and helping out the single mothers who didn't have any of the things. Right. I, I was going to bring that up because, you know, for those of you tuning in, Jeff is currently now in a pastor in a pretty established church with quite a long cultural history, and he's now trying to work and encourage that culture to serve and be missional, um, yep. which is tough, right? To step into that, it is. And then years ago. Jeff had planted a church and got it started. And my, my wife and I got a chance to be with Jeff and his wife and his family in that journey. And it's a lot easier, right? Because you're setting the tone for totally. the culture. There's other challenges, obviously, but yeah. but we set the culture. And in that community, I mean, and it grew very quickly because I think people were compelled by this idea and inspired. But I remember our small group that we started in our living room. Yeah. We had about 12 young people in their 20s and maybe 30s. And we were meeting in the apartment that Andrew and I had. And I remember you saying, we're doing Serve Sundays every 30 days. You're keeping it in front of us. And so we did. Sunday, what we did was we went and served a PADS, a homeless shelter at a different church. It wasn't even our church. We just right. went and served. Yep. And I, we met this guy. We met this homeless guy, Robert. He had just become homeless and he was trying to get back out of homelessness. And so our small group, we wanted to be missional. You had kept pressing us to be missional. And so what did our small group do? Our small group said, well, we're going to help Robert get out of homelessness because he wants it. Right. And he's lining himself up with an apartment in downtown Wheaton. And so that's what he did. He was finding an apartment. We helped him move into his apartment. We helped him furnish that apartment. And then we were like, this guy doesn't have a car. So one of the people in our group donated a car to this guy because they were done with their car. Right. And it was a powerful moment of being missional. And our group was feeding off of you modeling it for us and your family modeling it for us. And I think it was pretty exciting to watch all the other groups to catch fire. But it was every 30 days that turned into even more frequently because we believe mission was so important. But you have shown us how to do it now in both contexts. And I think a lot of people listening are probably in the latter context mm -hmm. of an established culture. Yeah, It's possible, right? It's possible. We're doing it. I mean, right now in our church, people can feel the difference. They're like, wow, something's going on here. Like we're actually engaging with all kinds of people in the world. Like we're doing pads now. We're doing, we're working with kids in a vulnerable community. We're, you know, just keep pushing out, pushing out, pushing out. Like guys, it's not good enough to sit here in a seat and count this as you're following Jesus. You're sitting in a seat, listening to me talk. That's not following Jesus. Jesus did something. He was healing the world. He was on mission, right? So we need to be on mission. I've always appreciated you for many reasons, but this is one of them. You've really challenged me to think outside of myself. And I think you challenge a lot of people, hundreds of thousands of people to think outside of themselves, to be on the mission of Jesus, because it's crucial to the discipleship process. Totally. We want to follow Jesus and we want to follow him well. We want to serve the least and the lost, yeah. and we want to do it by paying attention. We want to do it by being intentional yep. in everything we're doing, and also creative in how we go about worshiping totally. um, the Lord. So yep. I appreciate that. Thanks for joining us today. We appreciate all your insights that you've offered us today about mission and what it means to be a disciple on mission. Thanks to the ministry leaders out there for tuning into this episode of the Transforming Discipleship Podcast. It's a podcast brought to you by smallgroups.com. If you are looking for resources, especially ones on mission that can help you thinking outside the box, consider visiting our website, smallgroups.com today and see what you can find. We hope you have a great day. We'll talk to you next time.
This episode is brought to you in part by the Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries podcast. Do you want to grow in your influence? Bow's episodes feature tips for leaders of any kind, from mentoring one woman to leading a ministry. Browse Bow's podcast at beyondordinarywomen.org.